We are launching a, uh, a new series today called Parables of the Kingdom, and I'm, I'm very, very excited about this because we've started talking about the kingdom and what the kingdom is and how Jesus has been describing the kingdom. And we found out, if you've been here um, since the beginning of the year, and if you haven't, you can watch our, um, our archive online. But Jesus came declaring the kingdom of God. And he couldn't, just expl- he couldn't just tell people what it is and have it like a tweetable phrase for people to say, hey, I got the kingdom. It's, it's in a tweet. No, Jesus had to come and he had to live it out because it was so radical. It was so contrary to what everyone was living at the, t- at the time that he had to literally live it out. And he, because he couldn't really define it for people, because it's something that you have to kind of experience for yourself, he came about talking to them in parables, explaining to them his love, explaining to them principles, explaining to them the, uh, the kingdom of God and the, the, the principles and the, um, uh, what, how the kingdom works. And so we're going to be in talking about all of these uh, things that he talked about, that Jesus um, shared, and the way that he, that he spoke with them. And the thing of it is, is that these parables, they're not, they're not anything new. Like, Jesus is not coming and invent parables. And a lot of times we try to Christianize some of the things. Like, oh, if Jesus said it, you know, he must have said it first. Well, not necessarily. Jesus did not just come into, like, this, this, this you know, completely mystical and mysterious way where everyone was like, oh, that is completely different. No, Jesus came and the Bible says that he dwelt in our neighborhood. He parked in our neighborhood. He bought a house in your neighborhood. And he's around walking his dog in your neighborhood, walking past your house. An occasional wave. Like, I got my eye on you. You're the king of your house, but I want to have a conversation with you. And I love that about Jesus because he, he does it. And parables are, is one of those things that the Jewish people and the rabbis, they, they use all the time. So this was nothing new. Uh, parables usually do kind of two things uh, for the most part. They either reveal something. Um, but what, they, what it basically does is it does like a comparison. It says this is compared kind of to this. So it kind of reveals something. And then also, and with what we're going to talk about even today, it's also uh, designed to even conceal certain things. And so it's kind of like if you have the heart to receive, you will receive. But if you don't have the heart to receive, then it'll be concealed from you. And this actually scripture overall is like that too, because people who are not saved and don't have a relationship with God, they can actually read through the Bible and completely not get it. And that just shows that God reveals things to his children. That's awesome. Like you don't need me to reveal things to you. Did you know that? Like, you don't need Google to reveal things to you. Like, you can actually go straight to the king of kings and the creator of all information and all content, and he can tell you everything in context if you dare to ask, if you dare to pursue, if you dare to open up. That's the amazing king that we serve. But parables were not nothing new, and uh, there's, like, one of the parables that I, that I heard that the Jewish people would, would say was that one time, uh, one, of the, well, one of the Jews was in his home, and a thief, a thief broke into his home. And, and, and so this, the owner comes up, the thief, and he's like, what are you looking for? And the guy's like, I'm here, I'm here looking for money. He goes, okay, let me help you. Find someone. See, you are not receptive to the parables of the Jewish people. <laughs> So a lot of times there, there's maybe a punchline or it's 
funny or it's confusing, and that is the whole point of a parable. If you don't know the Jewish culture, you'd be like, okay, wow. But if you do, you're like, oh, and so, and this is what the parables are all about. So Jesus did not really make them up, but he definitely uh, took advantage of this way of, of teaching and, and speaking um, to, to, to everyone. And the thing of it is, is that when Jesus first started, he was, he was speaking freely and, and, um, and, and kind of open. And then the people and the Jewish religious people, they tried to trap him and try to get him to do stuff. And so Jesus is like, you know, I'm going to shift on how I communicate some of this stuff. And so we're going to dive into these parables. And I'm telling you, there's so much richness in this parable. So if you're here and uh, for the next few weeks, I would highly recommend that you don't miss um, a Sunday because there's treasures in all, of, in all of these parables that we're going to be talking about. And today, we're going to highlight one of the parables and probably the first parable that Jesus um, said and there's some content here that, that indicates that that may be the case. But if you have your Bibles with you, and you should, uh, you can open up to the book of Mark, or the gospel of Mark, the gospel according to Mark. It's not Mark's gospel in that way. It's still the gospel of the kingdom, but, it's Mar but Mark's perspective and Mark's revelation. Mark chapter 4, and uh, this parable is a very familiar parable, so I'm just going to highlight some of the stuff and maybe, you know, give some maybe fresh insight into it um, and that's the thing when we read certain stories in scripture let's not dismiss them because we're because it's familiar you know sometimes we just have to kind of be like okay and maybe this is a prayer for all of us here Jesus refresh our ears so that we can hear what you're saying to us today even though you've heard this a lot of times and you think you know it the the whole concept of what Jesus tried to say just say father your word is living and active let it just become in me. And it honestly, maybe then it's not something that I say, but maybe something that the Spirit shows and reveals to you. And those are always fun because Jesus has a bunch of nuggets that he's just, you know, whoever, whoever so wills, it'll be yours. So let's, um, let's read together. Again, he began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into the boat on the sea and sat down. While the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. Now, this is significant because Jesus is a teacher. And uh, like right now, I'm standing and teaching. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a trend or a method. But what the Jewish people actually did is they had everybody stand whenever they um, read through the Torah or any, any part of the Old Testament. Everybody would stand. They would read it. Then they would put the writings down. And then um, the teacher would sit down and teach. So uh, if, if I should, maybe I should do that. Maybe it's going to make me seem really smart. Um, verse number two. So he taught them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it and it didn't produce fruit. 
Still other seed fell on good ground and it grew up producing fruit that increased 30, 60, and 100 fold. Then he said, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Keep going. When he was alone, those around him, his disciples, probably Peter, with the 12 asked him about the parables. He answered them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. So he's talking about the kingdom of God is not revealed to everyone, but it has been given to you. But to those outside, everything comes in parables so that they indeed look and yet not perceive. Actually, I want to. Uh, so, they, so they indeed look and yet not perceive. They may indeed listen and yet not understand. Otherwise, they might turn back and be forgiven. And I want to pause for a second because um, in Matthew, this parable is also found, but it actually continues uh, to quote Isaiah's prophecy. And I'm just going to read it to you, so just listen. I'll just read the whole thing. So you will listen, you will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. And then it says, for this, this people's heart has grown callous, their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back, and I would heal them. So Mark doesn't quote the whole uh, Isaiah passage that Jesus quoted. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of bring everyone up to speed, and that's in Matthew's um, gospel. So verse 13, let's keep going. A few more. Then he said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? Now, this is vital. So before he explains the parable, go back for a second. This is why people, uh, the scholars and those who study the Bible, believe that, that Jesus really started out with his parables, with this one. And this parable is so vital that if he's saying that if you do not understand this parable, then you will miss the other wealth of knowledge that I'm going to deliver in parable format. So would you agree that this is very important for us to get a glimpse of the way that Jesus is, go is uh, going to be communicating from here on out? Okay, let's keep going. The awesome thing with this parable is that Jesus does not just say the prayer and makes you wonder and be like, what in the world is going on? But he actually uh, explains it to the in crowd. And I love this and catch this. He, Jesus did not volunteer this under, explanation of the, uh, 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 this uh, explanation to his disciples. He did not say, hey, guys, come on. I got a little something for you guys. Okay, here's what it really means. No, he was approached by his disciples. And I think this, for some of you, is the key of why you're not receiving from God. You're waiting on God to come and just spill the beans, and God's waiting on you to inquire of him. So because his disciples, they were nutty, his disciples were probably worse than you, and that's saying something about you <laughs> and me. But it doesn't matter how they were. They're like, we want to understand. And so Jesus I love it because Jesus is like, okay, you ask, and I'll be given to you. So he says, the sower sows the word. Some are like the word sown on the path. 
When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown to them. Now before, let me pause for a second. What we really want to do right now is we want to internalize and say, okay, which soil am I? Right? Raise your hand if you're already doing that. You're like, okay, which one am I? God, oh, you're already convicting me. I got to repent. I already know which one I am. Okay. Can you not read it? You know, I, I, I'm, so before, let's take a step back for a second because before we internalize this and, and, and put this, uh, this explanation and, you know, take it for ourselves, this was first written to the first century Christians. So we have to kind of peel back a little bit before we just internalize this. So some are like the word sown in the path. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root and they are short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, not because you're having a bad day, but because of the word that was sown, when persecution comes, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those like seeds sown on good ground hear the word, welcome it, and produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. And he also said to them, is a lamp brought in and put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't it put on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden, and this is what I talked about in the beginning, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. If anyone has ears, let him listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you and more will be added to you. And for whoever has, more will be given to him and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And then we'll, we'll pause over there. And, and I understand this, that there's not enough time for me to really just do, go into everything. So this is why I love this series because we will be diving into a lot of this stuff. And so what I want to do today is just kind of like a little bit paint a picture. Um, and in the last little verse, Jesus said that even the concept of the parables, some people will have a lot, and I think it's, it's pretty powerful because we live in a world where, where, where people are saying, hey, if you have a lot, you have too much. You've got to give to people who don't have anything. You know? And if you don't have anything, you've got to go and try to take from the people who have. Like we're in this age, and, and this is not, I'm not trying to allude to the fact that we're supposed to help people who don't have a lot because that is our calling is to also be keep an eye out on people who, who are needing things and for us to come and be a blessing to them, right? Like it's, it's amazing whenever you can bless someone. But what Jesus was saying with the parable specifically, with the kingdom of God, he says that those who have a lot, they will get even more. And those who don't have a lot, even what they have will be taken away. So in the context of this parable, it's like if you're pursuing God, God's going to give you and give you and give you. And then when you pursue God even more, he's going to give you even more and more and more. And then if you don't have and you just grab just a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, I think this is good enough. Now I'm going to disconnect. What he's saying is that even that little bit, I'm going to take away from you. This is kind of like reminds me of either you're going to be hot or cold because Jesus spits everyone out who's lukewarm. So, the cool thing about these parables 
is this. There's a, there's, there's, there's a lot. Let me, let me tweak this. And uh, if you're asking, no, that's not a parable. I'm really fixing my mic. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk a little bit about this. Um, in the first century, and this is why I wanted to not have us take this parable and internalize it first. But let's kind of back up and say, okay, Jesus, why, why were you saying this parable? What does it really mean? And if you study history, um, we have, and even the Jewish people, there are cycles and there are seasons. And if you look at the Jewish history, there are seasons where these four soils were not just, hey, you have one soil, you have this soil, you have that soil. It's more like there is a season in the Jewish people's lives and even in our lives, if I, was, if I can connect that, that we are seasons in life where our heart is hardened. And specifically, like before Jesus called you, your heart is hardened, right? You're like, oh, I don't want to hear it. It's junk. It's whatever. whatever. Who's ever been there? Raise your hand. Okay, everyone should raise your hand because before you were saved, this was you. So come on, start talking to me or I will not talk, <laughs> right? So we have, we have, there's a season and the Jewish people, there was a time where they hardened their hearts to God. And so that's like the first soil that Jesus is talking about. And then he goes, then, there are, then he talks about the rocky soil, right? And the rocky soil, he, he begins to explain that then there's a season where there's some seed that falls, but the rockiness of it all, it does not it doesn't root itself in anything, and it also gets taken away. And then the soil, and I'm, try, I'm trying to find, uh, here's the word so we, so we can have, have the scripture of his explanation. It says for, um, so do you understand, how will you understand uh, verse 16 and other, uh, let's see, so, so, some are like the word stone on the path. When they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes it away. And then others are like, they, uh, they're, seed, they're sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. So there's a season whenever there's something fresh from God, it's received with joy. It's, it's like it's an emotional experience, but then it dies out real fast. It doesn't last because it's immediately it falls away. And then verse 18, others are like uh, seeds sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. But the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of the wealth and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word out. What Jesus is saying, and the reason that he's quoting him is Isaiah, he's connecting the dots. He's trying to position his hearers into a season. He's saying, you guys are familiar with this. There was a season where you guys were stone cold. Your hearts were really, really hard. You guys know that. As a Jewish people, your hearts were really hard. And then you guys know as a season, your hearts were really rocky. Like it, was like, it was like, you know, there's some stuff that God's dealing with. And then what he's painting, because right now with this third thorny aspect of it, because after the thorny, he goes, then there's thorny, and then, then there is good soil where the seeds will produce 30, 60, and, and 100 fold. And if you look back, and if you research it, and I cannot really unpack it with today, but if you keep coming, we're, we're going to be doing this. He's basically saying, there was a time that there was like the hardness of your heart. And then he's actually describing the third soil. If you look into it, he's actually describing the current condition in which he was, the Pharisees. If you study the Pharisees, they were not hard, hardened in heart. They were thorny. What thorny basically is, is that we want a little bit of God, but we also like to do things our way. 
And that's like the, 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 the accumulation, the, the, the compactedness of a religious person. You know, I want God, but I also want what it comes with it. I also want to take advantage of people. And the Pharisees, what they were saying is that, hey, you know, we are your model. And so, and so one of the things they were, for example, doing, they were really greedy. They, were, they, they, they wanted money. They were envious, self-righteous, prideful, but they also wanted money. So they were basically set up systems to say, hey, you give us money and we'll pray on your behalf. The more money you give us, the more prayers we'll offer. And not only that, but they would also be to the, to the point, like are we talking about last week, where in, in the concept of forgiveness, they would only do it to a certain extent and then say, we're done with it. Like, I'm going to do what God wants me at the minimal, but then I'm just going to be myself. I want my foot in this way as well. And it was so bad that, that they would actually boast about how much they give to God. I tithe this much. And Jesus even addressed it in Scripture. He said, you say that you tithe from here, from here, and from here. And Jesus begins to call them out because they have one foot in the world, per se, and one foot with Jesus. It's thorny. Like the word is kind of there, but what happens is the word of God, it's slowly drying out, and it's a slow death. And because it's a slow death, you can't really see it. It's not like, hey, it's here, like an excited person. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah I'm good with God. The next day, it's kind of like, oh, oh, this is a fraud. This is a lie. And then the next day, oh, God is so amazing. And then uh, uh, Thursday, it's like, oh, man, God doesn't love me. And we go back and forth. But the thorny is like, I'm good. There is something happening. But slowly, my greed takes over. My pride takes over. And I'm sliding back to eventually where even what was given to me gets taken. And what Jesus is saying is that, but then there's a good soil that's coming that the people and the season is coming where they will receive the word and my kingdom will multiply. So Jesus was kind of like explaining to them the condition and also explaining to them what is getting ready to happen in season. So if you look at your season, you have, and you and I both have seasons. We all have seasons where, where we are like either really hard at heart or we get super excited. And then as quickly as we got excited, then it kind of gets taken away from us. And then we also have seasons where we like, we, we grab onto something, but slowly the cares of this world that pull us back and we revert back to what we used to be. And then there are other times in our life where we just receive it and we're like, yes, and it alters and changes our lives. Who am I talking to about here? Now, I love this is because Jesus knows this about you and I. And, and if you're writing points, I have some points. There's potential and power in the seed. And what you see here is the sower. He is sowing seed generously. He's almost being wasteful with his seed. He's going to sow some on the hard rocks. He's going to sow some on the pathway. Not intentionally, but he's going to let some of this spill over because we serve a king who has seed to give. And he's continuing. So when you come to church, maybe your, your heart is like in one way and, and the seed's still touching your hard heart or your, or your trampled down heart. But it also talks about that even though that we, have a, we have a God who has unlimited seed, we also have an enemy that is waiting to steal everything that God sows into you. 
You ever wondered why you come to church and you hear this word and you're like, oh, this is so amazing. God showed up something. And if you just let it sit there and don't let it take root, Satan's like just waiting outside these doors because Satan's not in here, but he's right outside the doors. And he's not in the form of any of our volunteers or servers. No, no. But he's just waiting for an opportunity, for a feeling, for someone to do something wrong to you, to snatch away what was getting ready to produce something amazing within you. So you have to recognize that Satan is not, we have to think of Satan in more tactical ways. He's not just like, oh, he's going to just come and possess me and it's Satan's work. No, Satan is there. He is patient. He's waiting. He's eyeing you. He's like, where will I have an opportunity to snatch what was given? Where can I take the potential away of the word that was sown? And he, he snatches it and snatches it and snatches it. This is why God will show us something right now. And then we're like, oh, this is, and then and we, we accept it. And it's great. And then we realize there's a phase. And then later on in life, maybe five years or 10 years or 15 years, the same seed will be sown again, and it reignites us. We're like, this is familiar seed. And then you look back, and you're like, somebody stole it from me. And a lot of times, we're like, you know, not this time. Not this time. Not today. The soil is key. The soil is key. We already talked about this, so I'm not going to go into it. But... Now, this is something, maybe this is something new for you. It's just a little new for me because as I was like reading this, I was like, God, you've, he showed me some fresh stuff on this. But then he also showed me something even a little more in depth that makes a lot of sense to me. And I hope it makes sense to you. You are not, and your heart is not just one type of soil. Your heart and my heart has all four types of these soils. So as God is throwing seed to the good soil, where you're receiving it, allowing it to root, the same word falls in other areas where you're like, eh, no, I'm going to keep this part thorny. Another seed fall on this other aspect. And you're like, ah, yeah. I'm not going to let this word affect this part of my life. Like God will sow seed maybe about prayer. And you're like, oh, I receive it. And it works in you. But then that same seed will fall on your finances. And you're like, ah. That's not spiritual. Or God will maybe give you some great seed with potential that begins to blossom in your finances, but then your relationships are falling apart, and you're like, ah, forgiveness, ah. I'm not going to receive that. And I think one of the things that God wants to do with us is to say, you and I, we have different soils in our hearts on, in different areas, in different situations, and what God wants to do is he wants to soften all of our heart and make it all into good soil so that whenever God's word is sown into it, it begins to produce something that's life-giving. You hear me really, really clearly. You and I have things in our lives, soils in our lives that God wants us to pay attention to and begin to cultivate 
So if it's rocky, we need to begin to work with the Holy Spirit to remove some of these rocks. If it's thorny, we need to work with the Holy Spirit to remove some of these thorns. If it's just a pathway, we need to dig into it and cultivate it so that the next time God throws seed into our lives, it will take root. God just doesn't show up overnight and explode things in your life. He doesn't do that. He gives it to us in seed form because seed has the potential. Seed is the vision that God has. And God only gives it to his people in seed form. And when we bury that, when it begins to take root in time, the potential is realized, i.e., the kingdom of God begins to grow inside of us. We realize what's going on, and then after we realize it and we're full of the seed within us, and then all of a sudden it appears and people begin to see the fruit. People begin to see the kingdom just completely come out of us. And so God wants to plant, and he's specifically talking about, we can go generically, the word of God, it's all the word of God, but specifically what he's saying with, this, with these parables and the ones that we're going to be talking about is that the, the seed God gives, the way he gives the kingdom to you and me is in seed form. He gives you a seed, he gives me a seed, and then he's like, if you allow the seed to die within you, to root itself within you, then you will begin to see the kingdom of God begin to unfold in your life. And so Jesus is trying to bring all of this together. He's saying, if you have an ear, begin to hear. Begin to hear. So as kind of the band comes up, I'm telling you, I honestly, man, there's so much, there's so much within these parables and this one specifically as well, and we're probably going to dive even further into it next week because we need to understand exactly, we, do, we have to get in a place where we're not questioning the method that Jesus is talking about. We have to understand this parable because it is a piece of a puzzle when Jesus begins to talk about other things. And it's going to click because we're going to compare one scripture with another scripture, this passage with this passage. Because that's what Jesus did as well. What did he do? He said, here is what's happening. I'm going to talk to you guys about a sower. But then what did he say too? He said, I'm going to quote from Isaiah. Because in the right timing, Jesus came. And he, what, he's, what he's connecting is to say, you've heard and you've been waiting for someone to come. And I'm telling you is that all of the ones that you've been waiting for, the Messiah, he's here right now. And that is me. Because I'm the sower. And I'm getting ready to launch a movement that is going to produce 30, 60, and 100 times. And here's the crazy thing is that when you just look at your life individually and whenever the seed is sown, you may not experience 30, 60, or 100 fold in a day, or two days, or a week, or a month, or even a year. Maybe you're like, I've, I've got something, but I, it's not really nothing is coming out. And that is okay because each time when God sows seed and, and, and this kingdom, it grows differently with different people. But the truth of the matter is that it does grow. And when you put people back and, and begin to compare from one year to another, from one decade to another. You see this prophetic word Jesus was saying is that this seed is going to produce 
30, 60, 100 fold. And when you see what Jesus launched here, he threw the seed of the kingdom. He's throwing him, throwing him, throwing him. And they began to become rooted and, and planted. And the kingdom was given birth and began to grow. And from Jesus' time until now, we have been seeing 30, 60, and 100 fold return on the seed that Jesus sowed. And I believe that this message is so phenomenal. We can't really say, are we living in a time where this movement is growing by 30 or 60 or 100. But what I do know is that the kingdom is truly unstoppable. And I know some of you and I, we've been hurt, we've, we've been, we've been, told to believe that everything in this world is like falling apart it's going growing grim it's so dark and us poor christians we're gonna huddle together and sing to jesus say jesus hurry up and please come and that is not the message of the scripture that is not the message of the kingdom of god that's not what we're called to do we need to leave our huddle leave our corner and begin to live out the kingdom because the kingdom of god is not going to decrease it is going to increase more and more and more and more and it's going to go from one person to another and if you look at the world the kingdom of god is increasing dramatically like if we confine ourselves to our little life then satan will use this word see there's not much effect you've been praying but you got trump You've been praying, but you had Obama. You've been praying, but you still got sick. You've been praying, but you still lost your job. You've been praying, but your spouse still walked out on you. You've been praying, but you never got the check. You've been praying, but your relationships are still broken. And so all the promises that God has sown, Satan comes and he snatches it and snatches it. And he just kind of like ushers us into the corner where we're like, Jesus, hurry up and hurry and come. We await your arrival. And Jesus is like, I'm already coming. You're missing me. I'm over there wherever the kingdom is expanding because it's my kingdom. And it is going to overtake all other kingdoms. And it is just going to be an explosive growth. So whenever you join a church, whenever you join Jesus, you are part of a growing kingdom. And the Bible says that his kingdom has no end. So Father, I thank you. I thank you that you revealed to us your plan and that you've given us this potential. And I pray, God, that there are some things in our hearts that maybe we need to work through. There's some things in our soils that some areas are harder than others, some are thorny, some are rocky. And and one prayer is not just going to make all of the soil in our heart good soil. And I just ask that you continue to till, continue to prune, continue to guide us as we cultivate and prepare our hearts for your seed to be sown. I pray, God, for those who are asking, for those who are pursuing you, I just ask that you continue to unload more and more and more to them. And those of us, Father, that maybe are kind of satisfied with where we are, Father, make us uncomfortable. Disrupt us. Disturb us. Launch us into your arms so that we can continue to ask you for more and more and more.
Shake our world up. Shake our thinking up. Let us not live out this year how we lived out last year. You have so much more for us, God. I just pray and I ask you that you continue to do what you've been doing. In Jesus' name, amen.